say since apparently it is a thing that is so widely noticed that your daughter has commented on it i have not <laughs> had any wine in anything we've recorded this session she's going to be very disappointed and it's not for any reason other than i don't have any and well also she also said you're funny okay she's like she likes the wine part but she also thinks you're funny and she thinks we have good chemistry so we do a good chemistry. We do. We're we friends. Do. We are friends. We're friends. Who like to venture out into the world sometimes, but not all the time. You venture a lot more than I do, I think. I, I feel like you're I, always outside, and I'm like, I have a day off. I am now a hermit. Well, <laughs> you know why? Well, if it's warm, you know I want to be on my deck or the porch. But that's not really venturing out. That's just you like. You are constantly in your car. Driving Am somewhere. I? You're like, I have to get food. I have to go oh, well. here. I have to pick up Caleb. I have to go with this. Well, I'm going to go to Costco. I got to go to this. But that's just being like living life. That's not like doing like fun stuff. Like, oh, I'm my cousin, the one that I go out with yeah. once a month. She's always out. Naomi. She's at a happy hour. She's at a dinner. Oh, now she's in California. Like she's a goer and she's a true extrovert. Naomi, the only reason why I was outside today is because I had to walk my brother's dog. <laughs> well, I haven't been out today, so there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what are we doing? What are we doing here? You know what? I'm kind of pumped up because these various, you know, 100 must-read books of the year, best books of the year, I'm kind of excited about them. Also, didn't know there were so many. What did you discover this evening? That uh, who who has a book list that we didn't even know about? Oh, Financial Times. Who knew? I mean, I have no idea. The only reason why I even know book lists exist is because of you, because you're constantly telling me about things. Because like every time you're like, oh, I need to research my spooky season reads and so you go on this deep dive and it's fantastic that you do this i'm not mocking you yeah but like and and you find all these things and you're like so i read 17 lists today and this is the best selections i found and i'm like what? and then like and then i'll go watch then you got me on eric carl anderson who's also a little list hoe and he's just like so let's go through this list and that list and i'm like where did all these lists come from so now I i'm like, like suddenly so looking at lists now I'm looking at lists because I'm like, so well, this is interesting. It's so fun. Because I need I, more things to read to make me buy books. Well, you know what I like about the list is I'm always excited about the discovery of a new author and a new book. Mm. That's what gets me all juiced up. So <laughs> that's why I like those damn book prizes. Most of the time, yeah. it's people I haven't you know, heard of. Yeah, I don't usually follow the book prizes, so I'm very unaware of book prize land, but I'm, I'm already drowning in books and I barely I pay attention to anything. I know. I know. But this is the research, right? The research. Mm. It's true. Yeah, it's true. We do. I, I do have to be more connected, I guess. You're pretty connected. I guess. You're pretty connected. So, okay. So what list are we going to be reacting to and talking about today? Do you want to do the quick short one first? Yeah. Yeah. So 
I was talking to Naomi about how Eric Carl Aniston had mentioned that there's a Financial Times book list. And we're, I was like, what in the hell is the Financial Times doing in the book space? I was like, right. to me, the Financial Times is that funny brown paper that all the men in suits would read on the train to work. Mm-hmm. And it was not, it's like the economist putting out a fiction list. I'm like, okay. Cool. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, now I wonder if The Economist has a fiction list. I shall look on the phone while you continue talking. But um, so I found, and I and I have actually paid a whole doll hair for this. Um, there is a, a Best <laughs> Books of 2021. They have several different breakdowns, including fiction, regular fiction, nonfiction, a bunch of other stuff. But they have a Best Fiction in Translation list. And it actually says, this. it's from a, a gentleman named Angel Guerra. Quintana, I don't know how to say his name particularly okay. like, perfectly. I tried, Angel, my friend. I tried. <laughs> um, here we go. So here we go. We're gonna go through this list. And, and what's the name? Of the, did you say the name of the list? It's the best books of 2021, fiction in translation. As you so, all know, we love translated fiction, and we just want to read more and more and more of it. The first book here is called Brick Makers it's by Selva Almanda. And it's translated by Annie McDermott. McDermott. McDermott is probably the easiest name yes. you could say. Listen, you yes. screwed it up. You screwed it up. Okay. Yeah. A deserted amusement park in Argentina. Two men lie dying in the aftermath of a knife fight. Though masterfully managed flash through masterfully managed flashbacks, Almanda explores the decades-old vendetta and the broken friendship leading to that fatal moment, examining deeply rooted yet fragile notions of loyalty and masculinity. Yes. We got to add this to a list. Well, uh, here's why I said yes before you even read that, because I saw Charcoal Press. And you know that I also love and follow Books and Bow. And they he basically, yeah. they basically just, just talk about translated works. And a lot of the books that they receive are from Charcoal Press. This came out in November, and it's short. It's only 140 pages. Okay. So it's be a nice, quick little. Anyway, yeah. Okay. So that sounds good. You know why I like it? Because uh, it's Argentina and there's death. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I like Here's what got me. Needs. Well, you know, I saw decades-old vendetta, so that means just a, just a long time of drama. Of messy. I'm here for messy. it. Oh, speaking of books um, about Argentina, did you read Hades Argentina yet? No. Do it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Waiting for the Waters to Rise by I've seen this book. Marcy Conde. I've never seen this. When the Nobel Prize was suspended in 2018, Swedish cultural figures named Conde winner of the New America New Academy Prize, an alternative to the Nobel. Her latest novel is to be published in English is the powerful tale about immigration and the search for home connecting Molly, Haiti, and the author's native Guadalupe, hmm. or Guadalupe. Interesting. Waiting for the waters to rise. I feel like that's not a good description, though. Like, that did not no. help us. No, I was just like, fine. this person was supposed to get a Nobel Prize. They didn't. They have a book. Babacar is a doctor living alone with only memories of his childhood. In his dreams, he receives visits from his blue-eyed mother and his ex-lover, Azelia. That's a hmm. cool name. Uh, both now gone, as are the hopes and aspirations he carried with him since his arrival in Guadalupe, until one day the child Anis comes into his life, forcing him to abandon his solitude. Anis's Haitian mother died in childbirth, leaving her daughter destitute. Now Babakar is all she has, and he wants to offer this little girl a future. Oh, I kind of like these stories. Okay. okay. 
Together, they fly to Haiti, a beautiful, mysterious island plagued by violence, government corruption, and rebellion. Yeah. Yes. Uh, once there, Babakar and his two friends, the Haitian Movar and the Palestinian Fayad, three different identities looking for a more compassionate world, begin a desperate search for Anissa's family. Oh. Hmm. That is definitely not what they were giving me in this no, article. That's not at all. Not at all. That sounds good, though. Yeah. Now I'm interested. Yeah. Before I was on I was, the fence. I like that. I like things where this is like it like a gentleman in Moscow has that theme where mm-hmm. you have like a random old man who becomes the parent of some random child, essentially. I kind of like those like happens happenstance families. Yeah. We need to figure out this charcoal press thing. Occupation by Julian Fuchs. An obliquely autobiographical follow-up to his breakful no- breakthrough novel Resistance. Have you read Resistance? Never heard of it. Resilient author Fuchs zooms in on the stories of refugees squatting in a luxury hotel hotel in downtown Sao Paulo. A powerful dramatization of the issues of displacement, displacement and homelessness, and a poignant mediation meditation. I can't speak on the impact of loss in parenthood. Hmm. I'm on the fence. Let's see. Let's see I, I, I think I you. would have to be in the mood for that. I think, let's see if I can get you off the fence. Let's see. One way or the other. So is this a return? So it says, known for a cel- in celebrated in Brazil and abroad for his novel Resistance, Julian Fuchs returns to his auto-fictional... It's like a sequel. Alter E-Girl. Yeah. Well, definitely not interested then. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's good. Maybe, yeah. But like... We would have to read Resistance yeah. first. You know, can't and do I want can't do I want jump to in, in in the world of whatever he's building, you know. Yeah, whatever he's talking about. More than I love my life by David Grossman. Do we know who David Grossman is? I it, feel that like... last name just sounds very familiar, but I don't think I really know this person. But I think it's uh, a popular last name. Popular like everyone picks it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of those lessons like, oh yeah, everyone knows a grossman. Or is that just me? No? Okay. I, I don't think I know any grossman. Oh, but, um... oh okay. All right. I know some gross men, but that's different. Um, More than I love my life. That's my thing in the world. Loving one person who is not easy to love, says Raphael, father of the novelist, the novel's protagonist in this story spanning three generations. Ooh, you like that. Mm. And moving from the former Yugoslavia to Lapland and Israel. A medi- Why is everything a meditation? A meditation on love, on memory, and on the power of storytelling. I like books about stories. You mm. like family. You like big family things. I do. I do. On a kibbutz in Israel. Huh. All right. We're on it. We start on a kibbutz. Okay. I mean, it sounds like you're going to go a lot of places here, Naomi. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So on a kibbutz in Israel in 2008, Gilly, Jilly, I don't know, is celebrating the 19th birthday of her grandmother. No, sorry. 90th birthday of her grandmother, Vera. <laughs> oh, there. <laughs> the adored matriarch of a sprawling and tight-knit family. But festivities are interrupted by the arrival of Nina, the iron world daughter who rejected Vera's care, and the absent mother who abandoned Jilly when she was a baby. Ooh, 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 three generations of women, Naomi. Yep, yep. Nina's return to the family after years of silence precipitates an epic journey from Israel to the desolate island of Goli Otok? 
don't know, farm, hmm. formerly part of Yugoslavia. It was here five decades earlier that Vera was held and tortured as a political prisoner. Oh, shoot. And it is here that the three women will finally come to terms with the terrible moral dilemma that Vera faced and that permanently altered the course of their lives. Yeah, I can get into it. Check. I, I can get into it. Yeah. And mate. Yeah. Res- Grossman's work resonates with emotional intelligence, humanity, and truth, says the Irish Times. That sounds good. Oh, that does sound very yeah. good. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like I'm going to cry. I mean, everything makes me cry, so. Look at that. Double Day. There it is again. Dear Double Day. Please put us on whatever list you have. I know. Please and okay. thank you. <laughs> the Bureau of Past Management by Iris Hanika. Interesting title, don't you think? The Bureau of Past Management, yeah. Hans Frombach works at the Berlin Bureau that gives the novel its title, whose mission is to help the country come to terms with its history. Toiling day in and day out in the vineyards of memory, he discovers that reconciling with the past, national and personal, is more easily said than done. That actually sounds like it's probably good. I like how I say actually like, eh, it might have been shit. Well, you know, 50-50, right? Yeah. I wonder what, what, so it came out in October. It's only 200 pages. Okay. Very short. Uh, I wonder what time period this is. Each of us has something that feels essential to who we are. For Hans Frombach, it's the crimes of the Nazi era, which have hurt him for as long as he can remember. That's why he became an archivist at the Bureau of Past Management. Now, though, he's wondering if he should make a change. For his best friend, Graciela, that past was also her focal point until she met a man who desired her. From then on, sexual pleasure became the key to her life, a concept she's now begin- beginning to doubt. Hans and Graciela thought the Nazi crimes were the inheritance that neither could bear, but can we really blame Nazism for everything? Oh, you can blame it for a lot of stuff. Right. Iris Anika shows how the crimes of the Nazi era hold the Germans in their clutches to this day. Can a country manage its past? Or, or ought we to remain helpless in the face of the horrific crimes of the Holocaust? Hmm. I don't know about that one. I'm kind of interested, but also not interested. I feel like it would be interesting to read as an American because of how well Germany has at least outward like from an outward appearance how well germany has dealt with this part of their their national history and compared to what we do you know yeah that's the only part that interests me is the history part that other part where they talk about how the lady starts basically i don't know having sex (laughs) that that doesn't interest me yeah at all that kind of threw me off actually a little bit just kind of threw me all right, all right. Oh, I don't have any skin. I don't care. Whatever you want. Oh, this uh, <laughs> this Annie McDermott is popular, huh? I guess so, yeah. Where are we? Perhaps the luminous novel is this thing that I started writing today just now. Maybe these sheets of paper are a warm-up exercise, but it's quite possible that if I go on writing, as I usually do with no plan, although this time I know very well what I want to say, things will start to take shape to come together, and I can feel a familiar taste of a literary venture in my throat. I'll take that as confirmation then and start describing what I think was the beginning of my spiritual awakening through, though nobody should expect religious sermons at this point. They'll come later at all be. 
It all began with some ruminations prompted by a dog. The writer attempts to complete the novel for which he has been awarded a big fat Guggenheim grant, though for a long time he succeeds mainly in procrastinating, getting an electrician to rewire his living room as he can reposition his computer so he can reposition his computer, buying an armchair or rather two in one. You can't possibly read. It's uncomfortable and your back ends up crooked crooked and sore in another you can't possibly relax the hard backrest means you have to sit up straight and pay attention which makes it ideal if you want to read insomniacs romantics and i'm bored already what the f- oh. yes what the <laughs> fuck okay all right moving on and it's 540 pages i couldn't make it through the summary that, that was that was that was a lot okay they that that was they didn't do a good job on that one <laughs> you know what's making me angry so far i haven't seen anything from asia and you know i love me some translated like japanese yeah Korean i mean works. oh french moroccan author yes well we haven't gotten that far the country of others by lee leia leila leila oh, didn't i read a Did book we, by her last year i don't know you might have Layla's so much. I have to look at my goodreads you look at your goodreads while i try to get this open here Salman Rushdie said exceptional. I like when authors give like just one word things like how lazy were you that all you had to say was powerful. What's her last um, name again? Uh, S-L-I-M-A-N-I. It might help me to read if I put my readers on. 1944 after the liberation, Mathilde leaves France to join her husband in Morocco, but life here is unrecognizable to his brave and passionate young woman, to this brave and passionate young woman. Her life is now that of a farmer's wife with all the sacrifices and vexations that brings. Suffocated by the heat, by her loneliness on the farm, and by the mistrust she inspires as a foreigner, Mathilde grows increasingly restless. As Morocco's struggles for independent Morocco's struggle for independence intensifies, Mathilde and her husband find themselves caught in the crossfire. This actually sounds like it could be interesting. It's perfect for fans of Elena Ferrante. Yeah, I, I, I'd pick it up. I would thrift it. She wrote that book about that lady who likes having a lot of sex. There it is, Adele or Adelaide or however you say it. I don't know. Adele? Why I does, don't know. Why is everything about fucking sex? Is it know. our puritanical, like, American ways? I'm like, I got no problem with sex. You go bang, bang and have fun. But, like... Bang, bang. Bang, bang. Well, this is a, maybe not bang, bang, but... Well, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, the Antarctica of Love. I just like that title by That's Sarah Stridsberg. 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 Oh, uh, there's a ver- brutal murder, but this is not a crime novel. Oh, hold on. Death, but not a crime novel. I believe we know at least one author who would beg to differ. Yes, we do. I still love my black cat, by the way. Well, I love the black cat. They say you die three times. The first time for me was when my heart stopped beating beneath his hands by the lake. The second was what was left of me was when what was left of me was lowered into the ground in front of Ivan and Raksha at Broma Church. The third will be the last time my name is spoken on earth. In hmm. Eni lives her life on the margins, but it is a life that is full, of co- full and complex, filled with different shades of dark and light until she is brutally murdered one summer's day on a lakeshore at the heart of a distant rain-washed forest. On the surface, this is the story of a moment of uh, of the, 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 the this is the story <laughs> of the moment her life is violently extinguished a moment that will never end not 
ever, but it is also about the time before and about the lives that carry on after. It's about her children, her parents, her childhood of neglect, neglect, her volatile adolescence, and the chains of choice, tragedies, and accidents that lead her to a life on the streets and take her into the wrong crowd, the wrong places, and finally the wrong car with the wrong person. Uh, Sarah, Hmm. I'm just saying Sarah's. Sarah's new novel is about absolute vulnerability, brutality, and isolation at times disturbing. This is a devastating story of unexpected love, tenderness, and light in total darkness, in the total darkness. I'm actually not mad about this one. Okay. This one sounds interesting. I'd give it a go. I mean, we're going to need some women in translation books. I would totally get this out of the the library. Yeah, I'd, I'd give it a try. It's either going to be like one of those books that's just absolutely life changing and you're like, this was amazing. And right. I'm so glad somebody put this in English or we're going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Can I get those hours back? <laughs> uh, the book of Jacob. Let's see what this is about. This for some reason, I'm already bored. And I think it's just this blue cover. Like I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm bored. In the mid-18th century, as new ideas begin to sweep the continent, a young Jew of mysterious origins arrives in a village in Poland. Before long, long, he has changed not only his name, but his persona, visited by what seemed to be ecstatic experiences. That says ecstatic, okay. Jacob Frank casts a charismatic spell that attracts an increasingly fervent following in the decades to come. Frank will traverse the Habsburg and Ottoman Empire's throngs of his of disciples in his thrall as he reinvents himself again and again, converts to Islam, and then to Catholicism is pillared. Blech, I'm bored. I'm bored. And it's 928 pages. I just oh, I don't care about anything you just read about that book. Apparently it's a masterpiece. Sure. Okay. Oh my god. Okay, no. I'll just I'll just take their word for it. I have no interest in reading that. It's too long. I mean, I might like a long book, but that's too long for whatever I just read. All right. Last one. I'm mad I paid a dollar for this list. <laughs> right? Give her her dollar back. It's all right. We just have to remember to cancel my trial. <laughs> yes, as soon as we're done recording. <laughs> well, we'll look at the other lists and then we'll do it. Hard Like Water by Jan Lanke. L-I-A-N-K-E. Wow, I really suck at names. Ditto. A breakneck adventure story following the erotic love affair of party cadre, cadres, Yijian and Hong Mei during China's Cultural Revolution. Does that mean I finally got something? Huh. Okay. Okay. On the return, on his return to his village in Beilao Mountain, soldier Guao Yijian sees his sees a young woman wandering barefoot along the railroad tracks in the warm late afternoon sun. Her name is Hong Mei. Aizhan is instantly intoxicated. His wife, wa- his wife waiting patiently for him at home, quickly forgotten. Of course. Both Aizhan and Hong Mei hurl themselves into their town's revolutionary struggle, spending their days and nights stamping out feudalism, writing pamphlets, and organizing rallies. They become inseparable they are the engines of history. The couple dig a tunnel of love to further the revolution, of course, but also to connect their homes and provide a chamber for their secret rendezvous. Ooh, naughty. While an unsuspecting villager while unsuspecting villagers sleep, they sing political songs and compete in shouting matches of Maoist slogans before making earth shattering love. But when Hong Mei's husband finds out finds them together one evening, their dreams of life together begin to fall apart. I'm slightly interested, but if I never read it, I won't be upset. Eh, 
I mean, I would do it. I would get it out of the library. But I'm a little upset. Like that's the that's the only translated work from any Asian country that was on this list. Guess so. Like nothing. Like Japan, you did nothing. I'm fairly certain something came out of Japan. What there were like what four or five on four on there five on there that we well at least that I I think we like the first one the brick makers brick makers um and the second waiting the waiting for waters to rise that Mm -hmm. one sounded good more than I love my life that's three no to that one no to that one what was the oh the French Moroccan one maybe the Antarctica of love that was the one. Right, so it's not so a crime be, novel. That would be interesting. So there's and, four on here that I would read. Yeah. What else do we want to look at? So this is the Times list of the 100 must-read books of 2021. I am not going to read descriptions of all this because it's, it's too much. It's too much. We're just going to talk about what we see here. Yeah, so... After parties, I just got this because I keep seeing it pop up on lists and I know that Russ... Russell from Ink and Paper Block has talked about it quite a bit. And I know that the author has passed away. I mean, everyone's talking about this book. I have I actually haven't heard one bad thing about it. I just got the audiobook through Cyber Monday on a Cyber Monday deal. It's a collection of short stories, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So on this list is uh, one of the books is called Acts of Desperation by Megan Nolan. That sounds mm-hmm. really interesting. Okay. All right. So acts of desperation. Uh, it says in this harrowing yet riveting tale of a woman ravaged by a love affair gone south, there's little romance to be found, but plenty of emotion examining the entirely lopsided and highly toxic power dynamics between the nameless narrator and her older, very cold lover, Sierra Nolan challenges readers to consider just how far they would go for what they consider love. Yeah. I'd read that. You'd read that. Yeah, I'd you read would it. Read that. Mm-hmm. I think this list is going to be a lot more like spot on for you and me. I'd read it for sure. All right. So that's that's a yes. That's that's a yes. So, folks, there's 100 books here. I don't think we're going to go through them all. We'll just kind of pick out what what sparks our interest. I know Aftershocks by Nadia Awusu. I've heard a lot about that book. I personally don't feel like I want to read it, but. It is getting a lot of great reviews. Aftershocks. All right, hold on. Let me get this so it fits on my little thing here. All right, so it fits there. All right. I'm getting used to technology. Technology. I don't know why I started stuttering. I now have a study. Oh, the book of of form and emptiness. I have that on my wish list by Ruth Ozeki. Well, hang on, because I'm still on the second row, because I want to talk about. <laughs> hang on, because all that she carried, I read that. By oh, Tia Miles, because that was one of my. Yes, you did read that. The, that the, actually, the secret project. Yeah, that actually was a really good book. I would I would encourage people to read that. Just the fact that if if that woman had not have sent that little bag that she made with her child like none of their history would even be known it was a really yeah yeah it it was a really interesting read i i I enjoyed that one a lot of course rooney's on here beautiful world where are you i'm getting there we've talked about it enough it's happening but this ruth ozeki the book of form and emptiness eric carl anderson was talking about it and i put it on my my 
my um, wish list because mm-hmm. I really wanted to read it. So it says, Ruth Ozeki spins a dazzling tale of magical realism in the book of form and emptiness in which a young boy learns the transformative power of storytelling in the wake of immense personal loss. 14-year-old Benny O begins hearing voices after the tragic death of his father. Meanwhile, his mother, debilitated by grief, has become a hoarder in an attempt to find solace from the voices and his increasingly chaotic life. Benny turns to the quiet of his local public library where he finds not only new friends, but also a very special book that will change life as he knows it. And I don't know why, but I just really want to read that. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> um, you had me at hoarder. <laughs> you had me at hoarder. Yeah. That should not be how we get anybody. I know. So. So we've got on here the new Amanda Gorman that's coming out. Call us what we carry. Of course, mm-hmm. I'm going to read that. Wait, did we both have China Room? Yeah, I read China Room because that was on. Oh, one you're of those the one lists. who thought it was disappointing, right? Yeah, it was. You know, it was very meh for me, but you know, I did get it as a book of the month choice because it sounded very good. Mm-hmm. But I haven't, I haven't tackled it quite yet. Um, and we both read The Chosen and the Beautiful because that was a TBR, TBR lowdown pick. pick. That was, I call it the Summer of Madness because that was the month <laughs> where we chose three new releases and we were disappointed by all three. I wasn't really, I wasn't disappointed by The Chosen oh, and the Beautiful. Oh, you kind of liked it. I was disappointed by all three. I, I take that back. I just thought it shouldn't have been a novella. I thought she was trying to do a little bit too much in a novella. Oh, you think she needed more time to, to let it breathe to a little make, bit and really flesh well, it like, out. Whole magical realism, like vampire-y kind of thing. Yeah. Give that some fleshed outness. But I I I like the doing it from Joseph not Joseph. What's her name? Josephine Baker's is that the right name? I think so. Whoever. I from her perspective. We've been recording for hours, guys. So like my brain has gone out the window. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I did like the perspective it was written from. There is another Great Gatsby retelling that's coming out that I saw. And I oh, can't good Lord. I think, I think I asked for arc of it. And it's from the women's perspective or something else. Something like something else. It's something hmm. like that. I don't have a brain. So if I can figure out what that was yeah. or is or whatever, I'll let you know at some point. But yeah, it's all that came across my plate. And one of the, you know, some publishers emailed to me. Chronicles from the Land of the Happiest People on Earth. Yeah, I have this arc. I uh, have not read it yet. I got it. I received it during the summer. But I and I and I haven't said a. I haven't heard a lot about this book either. So it'll be. I don't even know what it's, what it's about. Like on any level. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see what that is and how that plays. Uh, next, of course, Cloud Cuckoo Land is on here. You read this book. I really liked Cloud Cuckoo Land. I think if you're expecting something that's just like all the light we cannot see, I think you'll be disappointed. If you don't like multiple timelines, I don't think you'll like it. But I really enjoyed it. I I, I, it, I thought it was a really lovely book about stories. Um, I love a story about stories and I love... Uh, I just I, I don't know I just loved it it was so good there is it kind of remi- if you've read Midnight at the Electric it has a similar kind of three-tiered storyline going mm-hmm. on where you're in the very far distant past like the near past slash present and then like the super future um, I wonder is it like Cloud Atlas which I also have not read I've not read Cloud Atlas but I bought you a copy so we can read it together Yahoo! didn't I I sent you it right no I thought I sent you Cloud Atlas. No. Oh, fuck. I'll send it to you. I'll get you yeah. one. Yeah. I thought I got you that one. Didn't I get you a David Mitchell? 
I don't know to look back in the box again. I don't think so. But maybe you did. I don't think so. We'll look after the show. Okay. So I anyway, do. I'll find you a copy because there's almost always, there's always David Mitchell books in um, the book barn. So I'll find I, you for I do want to read Cloud Cuckoo Land, but I've had all the like we cannot see on my shelves since 2019. So I'm going to read that first. And then I will read Cloud Cuckoo Land because I'm, I'm interested. I want to see what this book is about. I'm very intrigued. Yeah. And Jesus did not like it. I will tell you. Oh, okay. Oh, here's something we want to, we both want to read the Copenhagen trilogy. And right next to it, I actually want to read that committed, the committed as well. Is that a follow up? Um, Cause I didn't read the sympathizer. Let's see sequel. So I guess I have to read both of them. Yeah. It definitely sounds really good. So that's somewhere I want to go at some point, but yeah, no, the Copenhagen trilogy. I've had that on my, my eye on that for a while. And I definitely, I didn't realize that was something that was a 2021 thing. They must've reprinted it. Maybe. Isn't it old? I thought it was, but I'm not sure. But I'm interested, yeah. though, so... I don't know what this third one on this row is, but... Yeah, this is uh, Covered with Night by Nicole Eustace. I haven't even heard of this book, so... A Story mm-hmm. of Murder and Indigenous Justice in Early America. Oh, okay. On the eve of a major treaty conference between Iroquois leaders and European colonists in the distant summer of 1722, two white fur traders attacked an indigenous hunter and left him for dead near Conestoga, Pennsylvania. Though virtually forgotten today, this act of brutality set into motion a remarkable series of criminal investigations and cross-cultural negotiations that challenged the definition of justice in early America. I'm kind of interested in that. Kind of interested in that. I'm glad you clicked on that one because I would have just been like, I don't know what that is. Yeah, that that's I'm intrigued by that one. All right. We've already talked about Jonathan Franzen's Crossroads, right? Yeah. Have you read Crying in H Mart yet? No, I have not, but I would like to read that. I think we have the, we got that in Libro too as well, right? The audiobook, or maybe we didn't. I don't think so. Yeah, maybe we didn't. I'll get to that as, at some point. The same with the next on the on this list, Dear Cynthorin by Ikweki Emeze. I will read that at some point as well. Ikweki Emeze wrote which book? Vivicoji. Okay, I thought I had one in my collection finally. I haven't read it yet, but yeah. every, you told me like vehemently, you were like, you're gonna love Vivica OG. <laughs> I will want to read anything by this person. The Transition Baby, everybody read yes. it. The Transition Baby by Tori Peters was a phenomenal book. Everyone should give it a chance. I love books that are about non-traditional families. Mm-hmm. That that's really something that that interests me, and this was really good. I can't very... wait to see what else this author does. Empire Pain, whoop whoop! You can watch our discussion of Empire Pain with Jess Owens somewhere. <laughs> yes, that will be episode. I think it's episode eighteen. 18. So look out for that. Actually, when this goes, when this episode goes live, episode eighteen will already be out. So yeah. you can watch the video, you know, we do it uncut or, and, or you can listen to the, the audio. So it was a really, really crazy book and we just tore it to shreds. Yes, we did. Everyone knows your mother's a witch. Have you heard of that one? I have. Is it, what have you heard? Not much, but I keep seeing it everywhere. So I just figured there was some kind of a tour going on. Uh, that's yeah, it's always tricky. Yeah. You're like, hmm. Yeah, so let me read a little bit. So it says, the story begins in 1618 and the German, uh, douche, okay, this German words, German du- duchy, duchy of, w- duchy of 
Württemberg. Plague is spreading. The Thirty Years' War has begun, and a fear of suspicion are in the air throughout the Holy Roman Empire. In the small town of Leonberg, Katharina Kepler is accused of being a witch. Katharina is an illiterate widow known by her neighbors for her herbal remedies and the success of her children, including her eldest, Johannes, who is the empirical mathematician and renowned author of the laws. Of, okay, so we know where this is going. We get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, cool. I don't know. That, that, that one didn't tickle my fancy at all. The Family Row, an American story. I've not heard of that. This is by Joshua Prager. So I love these kind of, I love when there's lists on here, but I don't know what stuff is. So, all right. So despite her famous pseudonym, Jane Rowe, no one knows the truth about Norma McCorvey, born 1947, died 2017, whose unwanted pregnancy in 1960. Oh, I know what this is. Okay. This is Roe versus Wade. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So that seems incredibly timely. Doesn't it though? Hmm. The Final Support Girl Support Group by Grady Hendrix. I will be reading that because I I enjoy him very much. I just put this one, Finding the Mother Tree, on my um, wish list because of uh, Braiding Sweetgrass. And I'm looking for more books like Braiding Sweetgrass. And I also want that Secret Language of Trees or whatever it's called. We've had this conversation once before, Mm -hmm. and that's not the title of the book, but that's essentially something like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and so that's, um, you're talking about Finding the Mother Tree by Suzanne Simmerd. Mm-hmm. All right. So what, do we, what else do we have here? So everyone's talking about know. Girlhood by Melissa Phoebos. Phoebus? Really, are they? I haven't heard a damn thing. A gripping set of stories about the forces that shape girls and the adults they become. A wise and brilliant guy that transforming the self in our society. I'm so old. <laughs> this is not for me. I'm not personally interested in this book but i know that a lot of people have read it and are enjoying it all right oh well this next row excites me so we've got great circle by maggie (laughs) shipstead hey you everybody read that book i did really love great circle but i think my favorite commentary on it was somebody said something about why is everybody having sex with everybody and i was like why not why not have sex with everybody Yeah, I I really enjoyed this book. I I'm hoping to get my hands on a copy. Like I want my own. I I got it from the library, but I want to own it. it I really like the UK edition, but now that it's one of stupid prizes, even the UK edition has a fucking fake sticker on the front, and I'm right. mad about it. Right. So I tried. that's a great circle by Maggie Shipstead. Then we've got Harlem Shuffle by Colson Whitehead. I will be reading that on my vacation i'm excited to get into it because we talk about that in this episode did we just talk about this did we or was it the last i'm confused now we've had a lot of episodes today what do we do was it i don't know (laughs) i I don't know that being when we said said that it's been i feel like the reviews have been a little mixed because people have been expecting something else from him Oh, and I just was said, just let pe- it was this episode. Guys, we're tired. Sorry. Yeah, because I because I said, just let authors, like, just give them room to, like, move and be free. I, Could I, you imagine if I did have wine during this episode? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. I will say this. I can say this with, you know, firmly. I really like Colson Whitehead. I have read The Nickel Boys. I've read, what is it, The American 
the Underground Railroad, and I read The Intuitionist, which everyone should read that book. And I've got Harlem Shuffle. I'm looking for Sag Harbor and his other stuff. I really enjoy his writing. I have not read anything yet, but I got Underground Railroad because you yeah. really get it. And it, it was, was really the good. book barn, and I was like, must get. But our favorite is over here, Miyaku Kaokami. Oh, guys, you know, if, if you've ever listened to this podcast, then you know that I'm in love with her. And read the prophets. <laughs> read Miyako right. Kawakami. Miyako Kawakami is just an amazing writer. So heaven is on this list, but you know I got to do it. You should also read Breast and Eggs. Uh, the ice cream thing. Yeah, and well, and Miss Ice Cream, and Miss Ice Cream Sandwich, or Miss mm-hmm. Ice Sandwich, and um, yeah, that's all I'll say about that. She's she's amazing. Okay. Also exciting. So, Hell of a Book won. What did they win? Was it the Booker? No. National Book Award? It has to be a National Book Award because the Booker was yeah. somebody else. Hell of a Book by Jason Mott. Uh, I do want to read this. I'm excited to get into it. I've heard nothing but good things about it since this book was long listed. So, I'm psyched about How it. How the word is passed. I'm waiting for you to send it to me. Yep. I'm going to wait because I'm going to McKay oh. soon. And I, I just want to make sure there's nothing else that's going to be for you in there. So, because I'm doing one shipment. <laughs> one if the shipment. United States Post Office happens to be listening to our podcast, <laughs> help, help, us, never, help us out. Please never get rid of media mail. Please, Thank you. please don't. <laughs> yeah, How the Word Has Passed was, it was like, um, you know what it felt like? It felt like going on a field trip. Like a really good one where you really actually enjoyed it and learned stuff. And, like and, and you got to go to the gift shop at the end? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like, like maybe you weren't looking forward to it because it seemed like a boring field trip, but then you got there and like what you were learning was actually really interesting. You and like, like, shit, I actually like it. Yeah, that's what it felt like reading How the Word is Passed by Clint mm-hmm. Smith. So I would highly recommend people pick that one up. And next on this list is Intimacies by Katie Kitamura. I do want to read this. I, I don't know what this is, but that cover is intriguing. Well, I really like her. So she was one of the first books I read in January. On January 1st, I read her book called A Separation. It was very interesting. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm slightly intrigued by her. So I'll, I'll pick this one up at some point. All right. All right. All right. You tell me how it is and then I'll, I'll decide. I will. The only one I know on here is, you know, oh, my yes. friend over here. Yes. Clara and the Sun is on here, obviously. I think somebody would burn the time times down if they didn't put it on here. The Kissing Bug by Daisy Hernandez. That's interesting. Um, also, Invisible Child by Andrea Elliott. I am hearing a lot about that book. I think I think Andrea, the author, followed this particular child through growing up or something and has been like following her trajectory, living in poverty and whatnot. I think that's what this is about. I've heard little snippets here and there, and someone was interviewing Andrea Elliott, and I was like, a, "Like how when we watch things happen instead of intervening." Yeah, basically. So I feel like I would be conflicted. Like I get it from a scientific point of view. Yeah, my, my science brain is like, I understand you don't mess with the experiment, but then not that I'm saying a human being is an experiment. You yeah, know I mean? yeah. Also, there'd be like you know the rest of me that's like help somebody because they need some help. I mean she may she may have been 
Who yeah, knows? I mean, I have yeah. no idea. I don't know. But, you know, I am not interested in reading that. So, uh, Liberty is on here. I I do want to read Liberty because I didn't realize that she was like a doctor or something like that. Or she wanted to be a doctor. Oh, I, It has like a medical bent, I think. I have that book because the publisher sent it to me. I don't have the book, but I have the audiobook through Libro. And then, oh, that's Liberty by Caitlin Greenidge. And a lot of people really like that. When that came out, that was a big, big, big release. Yeah. I was like, where are my words? The words are coming. They're coming to my tongue. I'm still not in the mood to read it, though, for some reason. Like, I don't know. I'll get there, maybe. We'll see. Of course, the Lincoln Highway is on this list by Amor. Is it Toes or Towels? Because I hear it both ways. I just can't call him Toes. Okay. But I don't know him. I was curious. I keep hoping, like, I need to start going. I need to start going back to my old town and like hanging out there and see if I run into him. You never know. Oh, this is a big one here. A little devil in America. I'm not gonna say his what name. What is that? So, a little devil in America notes in praise of black performance. A stirring meditation. There, that, there's that word again. Meditation. A stirring meditation on black performance in America from the New York Times bestselling author of Go Ahead in the Rain at the March on Washington in 1963. Josephine Baker was 57 years old, well beyond her most prolific years. But in her speech, she was in a mood to consider her life, her legacy, her departure from the country she was now triumphantly returning to. I was a devil in other countries and I was a little devil in America too. Oh, she told the crowd. Inspired by these few words, Hanif has written a profound and lasting reflection on how black performance is inextricably woven into the fabric of American culture. I'm, I just need to read it. I'm intrigued by this whole book. Interesting. What is this, The Loneliest Americans? The Loneliest Americans by J. Caspian Kang. The Loneliest Americans is the unforgettable story of Kang and his family as they move from a housing project in Cambridge to an idyllic college town in the South and eventually to the West Coast. I'm in. <laughs> you heard West Coast and you were like, now I'm well, ready. Yet. No, I, I just like, I, I want to hear this family's journey. It sounds, that sounds good. Yeah. I'm we in. also have to read the next one, which I'm waiting on your butt for. Well, I'm not tackling this until I'm on vacation. The Love Songs of W.E.B. Du Bois by Honoree Fanon Jeffers. Everyone and their mother is talking about and reading this book. If you've not heard and about everybody it, you must live under a rock. And their mother has said, it's wonderful. Yeah. Even people that are like, how the hell am I going to read all these pages? Are yeah. like, you just do because they're so good. Yeah, I'm really excited. But this definitely is one of those books that I'm not going to want to be distracted by anything else. Can I let you in on a little secret here? Uh-oh, did you already start? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so the next one on the list is Malibu Rising. Yes. I think, I haven't read it yet. Yeah? I think I'm just going to unhaul it. I, I have no... Unhaul it. I mean, you didn't love Daisy Jones and the Six anyway. Uh-uh. And I, and I unhauled Evelyn Hugo, and I gave that to a friend because I know she was going to like it, but I was, had no desire to ever read it again. Unhaul it. So I think I'm just going to get rid of it. Yeah. I have the audiobook from Libro, so if I want to, like, I'll listen to it if I want to, but, like, I don't think I need it on my shelves. And I feel like somebody just heard a little bit hearing that I'm just going to get rid of my Taylor Jenkins reads. I think it's fine. I've really, I've only read Evelyn Hugo, Daisy Jones, and Malibu Rising. I loved all three. I mean, hell, I read Daisy Jones, like, four times. Daisy Jones was just, like, fine. I loved it. And I read Malibu Rising in one city while I was getting my hair done. I loved it. But you I'm know. not saying I won't love it or enjoy it, but like I just don't have the. I guess I just it doesn't have the same impact for me as it, as like maybe other authors do. Yeah, yeah. 
And like, yeah, yeah. I was, I've been thinking about it for a couple of days now. I've been like, I feel like I just want to get rid of this. Yeah, well, sure. <laughs> I, yeah, man. Unhollowed then. Like, I, I, I consider myself a new Taylor Jenkins Reid fan because I've only read her latest three books. There are other people mm-hmm. who have read everything she's written from day one. And yeah. I, ironically, I have no interest in reading her backlist, which is funny, right? Because you know me, normally when I discover somebody and I read and I love their stuff, I want to read everything. But for whatever reason, I do not have a desire to read her backlist. I'm fine with starting at Evelyn and then the Daisy and then Malibu and then whatever's whatever's next. I've I've read those three. I loved all three. And I'm just going to keep going forward. It's weird. I've never felt like that before. And I like I like her as a like she's a good writer, but I feel like she's becoming like for me. Oh, God, I feel like I'm going to hurt somebody. She's like an airport book, you know, like yeah. you pick it up because you know you're going to enjoy it, but yeah. you're ultimately, you would leave it on the plane and be like, pass it on. I can, I can see a lot of people feeling that way. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, yeah. listen, the point is, it's an enjoyable read. Now, whether you yeah. decide to keep it or not, who cares? Did you read it and enjoy it? Okay, great. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. think every book has to like be mind blowing and like, oh, I must have it in my collection. Some books are not yeah. like that, but you, yeah. you still like them enough. That's that's fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Richard Wright, The Man Who Lived Underground. Why does that sound so familiar? So this is an, an unpublished novel from the 1940s. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So next, Matrix by Lauren Groff. I do want to read this at some point. Here's the funny thing. I've had Fates and Furies on my shelves for two years. And I, ha- I have that too? I haven't read it yet, but... No, I don't have that one. There's a, there's another one. Florida? Is that the blue one? Yes, the blue one. Oh, yeah, I have that too. So here's what's funny. I've had that on my shelves for two years, and I haven't read it yet, but I've heard about that other book she wrote called Florida or something, Florida Man or something like that. And then here comes The Matrix, her latest book. And I literally just made the connection, like, sh- just shortly after the book was long listed that, oh, that's the same Lauren Groff that's on my shelves for Fates and Furies. Mm-hmm. This whole time I hadn't made that connection that it's the same woman. I'm so nuts. Anyway. <laughs> I'm so nuts. The whole time. The whole damn time. Did you read Milk, Blood, Heat? No. Did you read that? No, but I've been, I see it everywhere because that cover is just so striking. And I kind of, I want to know what it's about. And I need to read the other one by Melissa Broder, Milk Fed, which is right next to it. Because Melissa Broder wrote that really weird book, Pisces, the one where the lady falls in love with a mermaid. Oh, and, okay. And I actually really enjoyed her writing. It's very Alyssa. Like, it's, or at least in Pisces it is. It's very, like, dry, kind of, like, funny. But also there's a sense of, are you quite all right? Mm, <laughs> I see. So, Milk Blood Heat, set among the cities and suburbs of Florida, each story in Milk Blood Heat delves into the ordinary worlds of young girls, women, and men who find themselves confronted by extraordinary moments of violent personal reckoning. These intimate portraits of people and relationships scour and soothe uh, and blast a light on the nature of family, faith, forgiveness, consumption, and what we may or may not owe one another. Eh. I I, I can think I can pass on that. I think I'd rather, if we're going to go through milk, I'll do milk fed. Yeah, I'm gonna pass on Somebody that one too. Somebody else could read milk, milk buddy. My <laughs> Monticello keeps coming up. I at some point would like to read my Monticello. Those are short stories too, right? I don't know. I just I, have the audiobook. I thought they were short stories. Let's let's see. My Monticello. 
A young woman descended from Thomas Jefferson and Sally Hammonds driven from her neighborhood by a white militia. A university professor studying racism by conducting a secret social experiment on his son. Oh, this sounds like short stories. A single mother desperate to buy her first home, even as she, as the world hurtles towards catastrophe. Each fighter to survive in America. Tough-minded, vulnerable, and brave. Yeah, it's a formidable collection, yeah. I'll pick this up at some point. At yeah, some point. Mm-hmm. My year abroad, I've seen around. I'm not interested. You don't like this one. No one is talking about this. The Patricia Lockwood. It was on the women's list or whatever it was. Yeah. The Women's Prize, I think. Yeah, I think that's what it was. And I, I just could not get down with this book. Oh, William again. Oh, William keeps showing up. So maybe at some point we have to check that out. Eh, maybe. Um, Is it connected? Un- I heard him talk about it. Did he say, and I can't remember. Is it in the same world as the other book that she wrote? Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I don't know what else she wrote. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know what else she wrote. I don't know this person. All right, we're moving on. On Juneteenth, I have this book I haven't read yet by Annette Gordon Reed. I read Reed. it. I know I read what happened it. as a Libro. It's it's good. It's really I it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It's broader than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was gonna be a lot more specific to like Juneteenth, Juneteenth. Uh-huh. Um, but it's a little bit broader in how they talk about I guess the overarching impact of the fact that like Juneteenth is a thing that exists. Does that make sense? Yep. I don't know if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. Um so it was really interesting and it, it was different than I thought it was gonna be. So now we're down to, I don't know what number we're on, but uh, one last stop. You read that. I don't care to read it. I you enjoyed, enjoyed it. it. I, I mean, I, I'm not like over the moon. I'm not like obsessed with it, but I thought it was, I thought it was enjoyable. It was, it was, I had a happy time painting my, my hallway listening to this. <laughs> and um, I thought the, the side characters were better than the main characters. And I think Casey McQuiston can write a book. I, and I think that it's lovely and enjoyable. Uh, and I'm happy to read whatever they come out with next. Uh, just, you know, that, that's really where we are. And then we have Open Water. This open Water has such a striking cover, and I don't know a lot about it. Open Water is very, it's, that book has been talked about all summer long. Uh, mm-hmm. This is by Caleb Azuzma Nelson. I uh, see, Open Water, two young people meet at a pub in Southeast London. Both are black British, both won scholarships to private schools where they struggle to belong. Both are now artists. He is a photographer, she a dancer. Trying to make their mark in a city that by turn celebrates and rejects them. Tentatively tender, they fall in love, but two people who seem destined to be together can still be torn apart by fear and violence. I've heard nothing but rave reviews about this book. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should check out, uh, maybe we should do that as a TBR lowdown in in in. 2022 yeah maybe let's see the other black girl was a tbr lowdown pick the that is by zakia delilah harris um i enjoyed this book i was really happy to read it i think you liked it a little bit too i loved that book and i i loved how much i hated the way it ended Does that uh, make sense? yeah like i was like because like i was like please don't do it please oh fuck yeah. yeah god damn it yeah <laughs> and i think you're supposed to feel like that yeah yeah a passage north. We just saw that on the other list. I I forget what list that was on. That's on. That was a Booker shortlist. I okay. Think, or long list. It was at least a long list. Yeah. Um, These other two. Um, Pilgrim Bell by Kava Akbar. I've not mm-hmm. heard of that. And Poet Warrior by Joe Har- Joy Harjo. Interesting covers. I've never heard of those. 
I like the cover for Pilgrim Bell. I like that minimalistic yeah. cover. I'm getting into these really just like minimalistic graphic like covers. I'm really liking them. I'm finding them very striking. Ooh. Oh, guess what's coming up so we can discuss it for the 97th time Don't in one of our podcasts. So, of course, the Book of Prize winners on there. The Promise by Dama Gauget. Um, I do want to read do, that one. I do want to really read that. Badly. Yeah. And, of course, The Prophets by Robert Jones Jr. Is it a TBR Lowdown episode if we don't talk about it? That was our February TBR Lowdown book club pick. You can go back and watch that. we haven't that, shut up since. That video. <laughs> I mean, it's just phenomenal. Oh, mm-hmm. and look at there. Razorblade Tears. That is our December book club pick. So Razorblade Tears by S.A. Crosby. I did read Blacktop Wasteland earlier this year. I think right before I got COVID. Loved it. I still can't believe you got COVID because you didn't go anywhere. You didn't see anybody. I was like, where did the, f- where in the fuck did you get COVID? I t- I'm going to tell you right now. Remember my oldest daughter's father died in de- in December mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. went to the funeral and then we got sick. That'll do it. That's the only thing. And here's the crazy thing. There was a moment when that stupid preacher said, take your mask down for a minute to give the Lord some praise. <laughs> I didn't, Sorry, I, I didn't laugh. I didn't take my mask off. Neither did my brother or, you know, the man. But still, it's the fact that, like, we can praise the Lord with our masks on, sir. Okay? No, he wants to bring you closer to the Lord. So take your mask off. (laughs) Because then, like, two and a half, three weeks later, like, we got sick. Mm. So anyway, narrow that down. Okay, this next one is, this next one is interesting. Uh, Real estate? It's Deborah Levy. So the next book on here is Real Estate by Deborah Levy. Let me hang on. Let me make sure I got this name right. Let me make sure I'm thinking about the right person. Remember, I told you about my other um, love on BookTube that is Simon from Savage Reads. Yes, you do love Simon. I still have not really. So let me make sure this is the right person because some of these names are very similar. There are a few books on here. I really do need to. I only know about Deborah Levy from Simon. Mm-hmm. She's writing memoirs, not one big one, but she's like got several, like from like different times of her life. Mm-hmm. And every time he talks about her, I just want to read her work. So I'm just very intrigued. And, and one day I'm going to get something by her and give her a read. It sounds like a more broad version of the Copenhagen trilogy. Cause this is the Copenhagen trilogy, kind of like a memoir in three parts. Oh, is it? I don't know. You just told me to read it with you. And this is and this is why it's not hard to get us to read books because I go read this with me. Oh yes, and see and the and so this is this is book three and it's a book three in her living autobiography series. That's a really cool concept. I like that concept. I did not realize that that's what that was. That's yeah, really he talks because he's he really likes this author, so he talks about her a lot. And every time he talks about one of her books, I'm like, I have got to read this woman. So. I, I want to I want to get this living autobiography for next year. So that is Real Estate by Deborah Levy. And next on the list is The Remove by Brandon Hobson. I have this arc in ebook form. You know I'm never gonna read it, but it was also a Which book one? of the month oh, pick. Oh, the removed? Yeah, yeah. It was also a book of the month pick. So sorry, I got distracted by looking up the Copenhagen trilogy because I'm trying to figure out is it fiction or nonfiction? Because I can't remember if it's it's an actual memoir or if it's a like a three piece like memoir style. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Um, so remote control is on here by Nettie Okorafor. So I don't think Nettie Okorafor is the author for me. She's the one that wrote the Benti trilogy, right? Oh yeah, you didn't really care for that one. I that did much. not. At the end of the day, you were like, I did not. I, I feel like you're not the only one though, because I feel like I feel like I've heard that a lot, but I've also seen a lot of people who really, really, really love it. It's yeah. is it, it's it's adult, right? <sighs> is it? I don't know. Or is the Binti one adult uh, a YA? Uh, it might be YA. I'm. I think it's YA. I think. I think f- we've we've kind of learned something, and I think we hit the nail on the head when we were talking to Shelby. Shelby is that when it comes to f- specifically, I think really in fantasy mm-hmm. more than anywhere else, the YA can get really like unsatisfying. Like there's just something you you read it and something's missing, and it's yeah. just. Yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah, but again, there's a lot of Nadia Corfor fans out there, so Remote Control is on this list. The next book I want to read, The Rib King by, I don't know if it's Lady or Lottie or Lade, I don't know, Hubbard. This, I like Lade. Lade. This I don't book, know if that's your names, but I'm going to yeah, call you Lade. I, I'm sorry, Mr. or Ms. <laughs> Hubbard. This book, at least in my Instagram feed, I saw The Rib King everywhere. Like everywhere. Everybody was talking about it. Everybody was reading it. And it does sound really good. So that is on my list to read. So I'll let you know what it's about. So The Rib King, which just came out earlier this year in January. Okay. For 15 years, August Sitwell has worked for the Barclays, a well-to-do white family who plucked him from an orphan asylum and gave him a job. The groundskeeper is part of the household's all-black staff along with Miss Mamie, the talented cook, pretty new maid Jenny Williams, and three young kitchen apprentices, the latest orphan boys Mr. Barclay has taken to quote-unquote civilize, civilize boys like August. But the Barclays' fortune have fallen and their money is almost gone. When a prospective business associate proposes selling Miss Mamie's delicious rib sauce to local markets under the brand name The Rib King, using a caricature of a wildly grinning August wearing a jewel-encrusted crown on the label, Mr. Barclay, desperate for cash, agrees. Yet neither Miss Mamie nor August will see a dime. Humiliated, August grows increasingly distraught, his anger building to a rage that explodes in shocking tra- tragedy. I gotta read it. So hope I'm hoping I can run across it at a good price. You have the next one. Yeah. Oh, so here's what's funny about that, right? So you know how we get these lists from publishers really early on where they ask us to choose what we want mm-hmm. months and months and months before we actually get And then get we forget them, all about them. And we forget all about them. I think it was either last month or the month before, Sankofa by Chibundu Unozo was a pick. And I almost got it, but there were some other things that I wanted even more. And I said, well, I'll get them next time. Well, thank and goodness. And then like the next day it showed up the in the ne- mail. Like the next day it showed up from the publisher. <laughs> that happened with two books that I wanted. You love the next one. Oh, second place by Rachel Cusk. Now, I also hear mixed reviews about this book. Some people really Here's what I'm going to say with some time with, after reading this, because I did read this because you loved it so much. Yeah. I did very much enjoy it while I was reading it. It is ultimately kind of forgettable. I, I don't remember it. I've read plenty of wonderful books that I don't really remember like a month or two later. I mean, I truly enjoyed my time yeah. with it. But ultimately, I ended up sort of... It's a very good mood piece, I feel like. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, seeing Ghost... So Seeing Ghost is a memoir that I do have. Uh, I have the memoir, and I actually just got the audiobook uh, mm-hmm. on that little that little sale that they were doing over on the, on the Cyber Monday. Uh, I don't know what CQ is. 
Um, somebody's daughter. I do have that coming. I think that was my book of the month pick. I did um, not choose that, but I think we also have the Libro. We do. Yeah, it just by sounded Ashley very good. C. Ford. Somebody's daughter by Ashley C. Ford. I think oh, I had to pick something go. to get the rest of my books. Here's Sorrowland. So Sorrowland's on here by River Solomon. This was also a TBR lowdown pick. Just go say read that book, please. Thank you. I have The Some of Us by Heather McGee for that other project I'm doing, and I'm I am looking forward to reading that. I want this one right down here in the next row, right in the middle. The yeah. Sweetness of Water. The Sweetness of Water by Nathan Harris. This is another one, like Open Water. Same thing. Mm -hmm. Everyone was talking about it. Everybody was reading it. Everybody was loving it. This is an author that I'm so interested in reading, Percival Everett. I want to give him a read. First of all, I love anybody named Percival. Percival, because I know. What kind of parent names a child Percival? I know. I have so many questions. It's also like just such a wonderful word to say, right. Percival. It is. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> well, things he, that happened in my brain. He's an author that I want to try. So, talking about my, my research, right? So, remember when I was going down that like Western mm -hmm. rabbit hole because I was looking for more stuff, and I was like, I need some, you know, Westerns with like people of color. And someone on one of these blogs that I was reading, or one of those lists, they had mentioned this book by Percival Everett. If I can only remember the name of it, and I can't now, but that's how I was introduced to him because he was on that list. So I'd like to read some of his older stuff first before I read The Trees. I think Ross from Ink and Paper Blog was talking about The Trees. Everybody was talking academy. about The Trees. Yeah. Okay, so Under a White Sky by Elizabeth Colbert. I keep seeing that. And that's on Obama's list as well of books that he read and loved in 2021. We were supposed to read a bunch of... Well, we were supposed to do a lot of things. But what happened was this what, other this little project that happened. No, this project has oh, really yeah. kind of thrown some of our little plans off a little bit. Sometime in January, we will explain the project that has taken over Naomi's life. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. are not at liberty to discuss. Right. So, um, so yeah. this next book on the list, "Who Was Mott Dixon" by Alexandra Andrews. I did read that over the summer, and it was a it was a fun romp. I got, I have it now, so I can read it. Or you made me get it. I don't know. Somehow I have it. It was fun. Um, oh, but I do need to read it. I'm sorry. Well, I I know that Jordy loves it because every time he does those "Give me your unpopular opinions" and somebody shits on Maude Dixon, he's like, like he gay gasps on, oh, that, on his stories. Who was Maude Dixon was a lot of fun. Like, yeah. listen, it, it, there's nothing serious about this book. It was just a romp, and it was very enjoyable. Let me go back to Percival Everett. That book that I was talking about that they recommended on this list was it's called Wounded. Mm. So that's for you Western lovers like myself. Wounded by Percival mm. Everett. This came out in 2005. Oh, my God. If we actually go to Dallas for that thing, I am so... We are finding somewhere where I can dress you up like a fucking cowgirl and get a picture of it. You know, anyway, that's um, happening. I know there's got to be somewhere that we can do this. That's happening. Can I, can I ask a potentially dumb question? Because yeah. I, myself do not pay much attention to like anything outside of my bubble because it's depressing yeah why does everybody love gabrielle union so much because she's an amazing actress and we love her we stan okay i just i i, I don't have any like i mean she could be lovely i have no idea <laughs> and and you know we really have to we gotta really lift up those black actresses who are able to like mm -hmm. consistently get work yeah she Agreed. manages Agreed. to consistently get work and not like shitty work like she gets she gets good work consistent okay. good work um Can which you is tell like i don't so watch hard. tv or movies right <laughs> did you ever watch bring it on uh, bring it on the original the first one 
Yes, yes, yes. I know who she is. Oh, oh but okay, like, okay, yeah. Like in general, I know who she is, but yeah. it just seems like because of the maybe because of this book's coming up, but there seems to be like this something like a, there's something around her like she is. Yeah, got a a something something. Well, and I'm she's like, a cool what did lady? I miss by being in my whole? Of well, you know, we've watched her. This. We've watched her level up from bring it on to where she is now. We've watched mm-hmm. her transition to become like a really wonderful woman she shared some things about herself um and how she acted with other women of color in the industry and talked mm-hmm. about rectifying and writing those wrongs. she's really been open about a lot of stuff and you just have to respect someone who has that much self-awareness you know it's, it's nice Next, to see i so, will continue ooh. to come to you for all of my general pop culture needs <laughs> no don't do that <laughs> don't do that because nine times out of ten i don't know it's At least I didn't go like, who's Will Smith? Well, <laughs> You'd beat my ass. That would, that's something I expect Emma to say because she's so young. <laughs> she knows who Will Smith is. Does she? Okay, maybe she does. Okay, so the last one is Your History by Leslie Chow. The 12 Strangest Women in Music. Hmm. Okay. Oh, that sounds like it's up your alley. You love music themed things. Interesting. Yeah, so speaking of music theme things, have you ever read any of the jo- is it Joan Didion Jill D- Joan Di- D- Joan Didion Didion? There we go. No, is this when I, I get to be an idiot again? No, no. Hi, I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, you know what? I only have ever purchased one book by Joan Didion, and it was for my mom, and it was the Year of Magical Thinking. I bought it right after my stepdad died unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. I bought that for her to read because I'd always heard about this book yeah. as it relates to grief and people losing a spouse or so parents much. so unexpectedly um, mm-hmm. and how it helped them get through. So I bought that for my mom, but I've never personally read anything by Joan Didion. So that is the end of the Times 100 Must Read Books of 2021. We did not go over each and every book, but we've went through at least 80 of them. <laughs> it's interesting to see like who picks what. Mm-hmm. I'm disappointed by Financial and Times, though. That was a huge disappointment. Yeah. But also, like, I was just shocked in general that they even had a list. So I guess we shouldn't be shocked that it sucked. Everybody has a list, even Real Simple Magazine. Mm-hmm. I did see one for The Economist for 2020, but I didn't oh, see 2021. Really there really was one, but I didn't see 2021 yet. So maybe they publish it later in December. Maybe. Maybe they see what the Financial Times does, what foolishness they do, and then they're like, we'll pick some good books. Right. (laughs) Let us know what have been your favorite books of the year. I know that you and I, Alyssa, we're going to do another episode to talk about what our favorite picks for 2021 are. This is going to be our favorite books that we've read this year. And it doesn't mean they came out this year. So that should be coming up soon, too. Anyway, that's it. That's it. Thanks for tuning in. We're done. We're done here. Bye. Bye. Well, we've come to the end of the show. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We kindly ask that you go to Apple Podcast and subscribe to our show and leave a review. That would help us out tremendously. Don't forget to follow TBR Lowdown on Instagram at TBR Lowdown and visit our website for show notes, the link to join our Discord book club, and other information at TBRLowdown.com. You can follow me, Naomi, on Instagram at BookLadyReads and follow Alyssa on Instagram at NerdyNurseReads. Thanks again for listening and for your support. Until next time. Bye.